Now we come to Isaiah chapter 42. The passage itself is one that we refer to as a messianic prophecy. It speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ and of his coming. It's looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And there is to some extent uh, both advents of our Saviour in view, both his first and his second coming. And uh, we want to concern ourselves with the verses 3 and 4 this afternoon that tells us something of our Saviour's ministry uh, to his people. As the Messiah, the promised one of God, his chosen servant, he has been selected and anointed to accomplish God's work amongst his people. And unlike earthly kings that come and exert their authority upon men and across nations, the Lord Jesus will not be like every earthly ruler. He will not need to proclaim his power like other men, but he will faithfully and humbly do his work. And when he comes to his people, uh, though they're few in number and weak within themselves, and their flame almost extinguished, he will not break them down nor snuff them out, but he will heal their weakness, he will bind up their brokenness, he will restore them to usefulness, and he will set them to purpose once again. And we're told that the Messiah will not fail in his mission uh, to redeem and to restore his people. So there is a word from the Lord for us here this afternoon. There are times when even as the Lord's people we become weak and we become unusable in the work of the Lord. There are times when our testimony no longer shines as brightly as it should and our flame of faith grows dim. And when those times come, we have a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we have, first of all, in our text this afternoon is a wonderful picture. Isaiah writes to us about two different plants in these verses. He mentions both the reed and the flax. And both are very common in that part of the world. Reeds especially were very common and useful in that part of the Middle East. There are a number of different varieties that grow there. The one that's most often mentioned in the scriptures can actually grow to a height of about three and a half meters in height. And when they are freshly cut, these reeds are flexible and they're strong. And then when they are dried, they become stiff and strong. So they're useful for uh, a variety of different things. Uh, Some things that are mentioned in the scriptures. For instance, we find these reeds used as a measuring device, often cut uh, to about three meters in length. They were used for measuring uh, buildings, measuring roads. Uh, We find that they were cut at six cubits in length. And so you come to the book of Revelation and we find that there's a measurement made of the holy city of Jerusalem worth one with a measuring reed. Well, the reed was used as a measurement unit. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 29, we find 
a reed that had been dried out, being used as a staff on which one was leaning as he travelled. And we might refer to it as a walking stick today. So reeds were useful for giving strength to those that needed it. Sometimes they were hollowed out and holes cut into them in precise locations and they were turned into musical instruments such as flutes. Third uh, John and verse 13 makes reference to one who used a reed as a pen. It would be used as a, a writing instrument so that men could write their letters. A little bit if you're old enough to remember the old fountain pens with their nibs and they would store the ink in the pen. When they were freshly cut, they, they were soft and maneuverable. You could uh, weave them into baskets and such things as that. When they're dried out, strong and sharp, point would be cut into the end and you turned into a spear, often used by fishermen to catch or to spear fish in shallow waters. Sometimes they're crushed for their fragrance. You'll remember in the Gospels that a reed was given to the Lord Jesus as a symbol of his royalty. Uh, a scepter given into his hand, which of course the soldiers then took off him and began to beat him with. Uh, so the reeds have a long history throughout the scriptures. Uh, last of all, of course, you'll remember that when our Saviour was upon the cross, that one came to him with a sponge dipped in vinegar and held it to his lips. Well, they held it on the end of a reed and held up to his mouth. So as you can see, they were extremely useful and they are a picture of a people of the Lord. When we are functioning as we should be, we will be useful to the Lord and to his work. After all, that's why he has saved us. We are his workmanship, created unto good works in Christ Jesus, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And God is able then to make all grace abound toward us and to make us useful in the work of his kingdom. So we can see why the reed would be a useful thing to have. What about the flax? The flax is a different type of plant altogether. It's a rather more delicate plant that has been grown and harvested since ancient times. It's gathered and then it's dried and as it dries it begins to separate into fibres and the fibres then are turned into thread from which uh, the thread is turned into linen. So if you've got any linen tablecloths or linen shirts or linen dresses it will be made from flax. Uh, the ancient Egyptians particularly cultivated flax and you can read that in Exodus chapter 9. The ancient Canaanites uh, grew flax also, for you'll remember that Rahab had flax drying on the roof of her house when the spies came to search out the city of Jericho. So the flax plants were gathered, they were soaked in water to separate the fibres, and then they were left in the sun to dry, and the fibres were spun into thread that was made into linen cloth. And again, the linen cloth throughout the scriptures has particular uses that are familiar to us. The priest's clothing, for instance, was to be made out of linen cloth. 
Shrouds for the dead were made out of linen cloth. So when our Saviour was laid in the tomb and his body anointed for death, we're told that they wrapped him in a linen cloth. And you remember that there was that little handkerchief that was placed over his face that would be folded and left in the grave or the tomb after our Saviour was risen from the dead. Elsewhere, flax was turned into ordinary garments for regular folks, into seals for ships. They turned into ropes and nets for fishing and twined for tying things up. And so, again, there's a reminder uh, of the flax. Uh, We're told another use in our text that the flax threads were wound together and used as wicks in oil lamps. So a piece of flax thread would be placed into the oil and after it had thoroughly soaked up the oil it would be lit and then it would serve as a wick drawing the oil up from the lamp and producing light. And again serves as a picture of the people of God. When we are functioning as we should we will be like that fine linen garment, a picture of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savour of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish, to the one we are a savour of death unto death, and to the other a savour of life unto life. In other words, as we exhibit the righteousness of Christ to this world, we function as a light to this darkened earth, and we show to them the way of God and the way to God. And we are therefore to let our light so shine before men, that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. And we have a particular reason for wanting to do that because we were once ourselves darkness. But now are we light in the Lord and we walk as children of light. And as those who have been delivered from that darkness, we want others to find their way to the Lord Jesus Christ also. And so we let our light shine before men and we trust uh, that their pathways will be turned away from darkness and to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We serve as lights in this world for the cause of God. So we've got two wonderful pictures here of believers and their usefulness as reeds and flax. But not only do we have a picture in our text, we've got a problem. We're told that the reed is bruised and we're told that the flax is smoking so the reed is bruised the first problem we see and of course the word bruised a bruised reed signifies that the reed has been broken in some way it's been crushed literally the word means to be crushed in pieces a bruised reed then can't be used for any of the purposes that we mentioned earlier can't be used as a walking stick because it's broken or a measuring tool. 
can be used as a spear to, to spear fish or as a musical instrument that's lost its effectiveness. Bruised reed can't even be crushed for fragrance because once it's bruised it begins to rot and gives off a, a foul stench. So here's a picture of a believer who's not in a place where he ought to be with the Lord. Rather, he has lost his strength. He's lost his stability. He's lost any soundness that he had. And he has become unreliable and unusable for any useful work at all. A bruised reed can't be turned into a basket. Can't be made strong. The smoking flax is something similar. We're told the flax is smoking. It's a picture there of the wick that has dried out. Has no access to the oil and the flame is almost extinguished. There is little or no light left and therefore its usefulness has come to an end. And a smoking flax it's lost its light and its ability to shine. Therefore its glory and that has become altogether unusable. So we've got another picture here of believers that are no longer where they ought to be or what they ought to be for the glory of the Lord. They've become bruised reeds and smoking flaxes. They've lost their strength and their soundness and their light and their glory. They're no longer a garment of holiness before the Lord. Everything about our lives is lacking. We're not right with God. Therefore we have no power with him. and No power in this world for good. We cannot be an instrument of usefulness in the hand of our Savior. Our fragrance will no longer be the scent of heaven. Our lives will be tainted with sin and with self. And as a smoking flax, we're not giving off any light. Our testimony has grown dim. And rather than shining the way before men, we're setting smoke before them that obscures their vision and produces a foul stench in their nose. That's all we will be if we're not where we ought to be with the Lord. Smoking flaxes. Smoke but not light. And when we're like the bruised reed or the smoking flax and we've stopped functioning in the way that the Lord intended and we're not what he wants us to be, we must confess that very often that's where we find ourselves in life. Where we want to be doing something useful for the Lord but something has happened. We've grown cold on God. We've missed out in our relationship with them. We've allowed sin to encroach. Our testimony has been harmed or hindered. We've wandered from the will of God and therefore from our usefulness to him. And we become rather than something useful in his hand, we become like the bruised reed and the smoking flax. How do we get into that shape? There's a lot of answers. Sin is usually at the heart of it. Sometimes we've allowed sin to come in. We've, we've dabbled again in sin. We've been back to the old ways of sin. 
We've allowed ourselves to become tempted and have gone off course once again. And of course, when we allow sin to enter, our usefulness leaves. Perhaps we're like the one spoken of in the parable of the seed, where we're told where the seed falls amongst the weeds and is choked. Maybe the sorrows of this world have, have choked us. We're no longer growing in the things of God. Well, whatever the case might be, if we're less than what the Savior would have us to be, and we're not the useful tool that he wants us to be, we're bruised and we're smoking, is there any hope for us? Well, with the picture of this reed and the flax, the problem that's been identified, that one is bruised and the other is smoking, notice Thirdly, the patience of the Saviour. Notice that our Lord is at work tenderly in the lives of his people. Notice his response to the bruised reed and to the smoking flax. A bruised reed shall he not break. And the smoking flax shall he not quench. How tender And compassionate is our Saviour. He does not break the bruised reed. He doesn't break us down or break us into pieces or rend us in his anger. The Lord sees the weakness and the uselessness of the bruised reed. But he doesn't reach out in anger to finish it off. He comes to the bruised reed not to destroy it but to mend it. To repair it once again. To reinforce it. And to restore it. I read some time ago. That a broken limb. A broken bone in our body. That when it is repaired. That the break is actually stronger than what the bone was originally. And I think the Lord does something similar with us here as. As bruised reeds, he makes us stronger than what we originally were. He binds up the brokenhearted. He pours in his grace. And he repairs us and reinforces us and strengthens us with his spirit. So that next time we will not break in the same place again. And to the smoking flax, we're told that he will not quench it. He will not extinguish its flame. He doesn't come along with finger and thumb and snuff out the smouldering wick. Rather than finishing it off without a cure, he comes to rekindle it once again. To make it useful. So that it will burn brightly and shine with light once more. How does he do that? He pours in more oil. The oil, of course, is a picture of the Holy Spirit. He pours in his spirit and he causes that dried out wick that is no longer drawing in the oil and setting forth the flame. He causes it to be set into the oil once more. He's our tender Lord. Is it any wonder we read there in verse 3, A bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He will do the right thing by those that have been bruised and broken and almost 
extinguished by life itself. We see that all through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to a bruised reed by the name of Matthew one day as he sat at the seat of custom. A man who had been disowned by his family because of the job that he had taken as a tax collector. And the Lord Jesus said to him, Matthew, come and follow me. Follow me. Did the same with Zacchaeus, another publican, another tax collector, who by his own admission had robbed people. The Lord Jesus came to a sycamore tree one day as he was passing by. <coughs> and he said to Zacchaeus, Come down, come down. <coughs> His compassion. His mercy upon us. He comes to the man with the withered hand. He makes it whole. Came to those that were blind and he gave them sight. To the deaf and the dumb and he causes them to hear and to speak once more. One day he even came to the tomb of Lazarus' friend, who by this time was lying in corruption, and called him forth in newness of life. Was our Lord not of compassion on the bruised reeds and the smoking flaxes? Is that not our own testimony this afternoon? That the Lord had compassion upon us, that we were broken and fed only to be thrown away. Our light had grown dim. We were smoking rather than giving forth light. And if the Lord had come and had cast us away, we couldn't have argued with him. But that hasn't been our experience. Our experience has been rather that when we were broken because of self and sin and the struggles of this world and the influence of Satan, that when the Lord came to us, it was like the one who came along, the man who'd been wounded by the thieves and the robbers on the way to Jericho. Our Savior came along and he poured in his oil and his wine. And he patched up our wounds and he brought us to the house of safety. And he paid for our recovery. And those times that we were useless and weak, have those not been the times that we have found that the Lord came to us and rather simply breaking us and casting us away, he's been faithful to restore us and to reinforce us and to repair us and mend us and to set us forward in usefulness again? Has that come to us at times when we've been smoking flaxes and our light has grown dim? Like he did with Peter. Who after denying him three times went out into the night and wept. From a distance no doubt watched our Saviour being crucified and dying upon the cross going his way in sadness and sorrow until at last the Savior met with him again and restored him in his love and set him ablaze for the Lord God of glory put him to work to shine a light into all the world that they might see the Lord Jesus Christ. 
comes to the smoking flax. And he comes to the bruised reed. <coughs> and he's come to you and I multiple times. And he's seen to it that we've been restored and revived and re-energized by his spirit and washed and cleansed and has restored us in our faith and to our witness when it could have been just so much easier for him to have quenched our flame and snuffed us out. But have we not found him willing to forgive us and restore and rekindle and when we come and confess in our sins, has he not been faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? You know why the Lord takes such an interest in you and I as bruised reeds and smoking flaxes? Because he himself was once a bruised reed and a smoking flax. Our Saviour never had a problem with sin that wasn't of our making. But he did die for our sins. And as he went to the cross, we are told that he was bruised by the Father. He was bruised in our place. He was broken down in order that we might be saved. He became sin for us. There upon the cross... As he hung between heaven and earth and our sins were being laid upon him. The Lord God of glory was pleased to bruise his son for us. His useful servant was bruised for us by our sins and our iniquities. I have no doubt that when the Lord Jesus died upon the cross of Calvary that Satan thought that the light of the Lord had been snuffed out forever. The Lord Jesus was a bruised reed and a smoking flax, but three days later he rose from the dead. That light that Satan thought had been extinguished burst into a living flame. And our Lord Jesus, having risen from the dead, now lives in us and through us to help and to encourage and to strengthen our faith. And when our light grows dim to pour in the oil of gladness, this is the wonderful promise that we have in our text, that he will not break the bruised reed, he will not quench the smoking flax, he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. There's also a promise in our text that the Lord Jesus will accomplish his mission. He will not fail. He will establish his kingdom. There's a picture here of a powerful Lord who will complete everything that he sets out to do. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he hath set judgment in the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. He will not fail. He will not grow weak nor falter. He will not be discouraged. He's not going to be crushed under the weight of expectation. What's interesting is that those words feel and discouraged are the same words that are translated smoking and bruised. 
We who are often like the bruised reed and the smoking flax. The Lord Jesus who became as a bruised reed and a smoking flax for us. We are told in verse 4 that he will never again, never again fail or be discouraged. He'll never again be bruised or smoky. Our Lord is superior to everything and anything that sought to crush him or sought to destroy him or cause him to feel. He is all powerful. He is therefore able to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by him. He is the victor over all things and he will give victory to his people. Therefore we do not need to fear when trials come or when sorrows come or when enemies come or troubles come. None of them will be able to break us completely or quench us utterly of our light. Our Lord is able to sustain us and support us and to see us through. He did not save our souls to to allow us to be completely broken or to have our light snuffed out along the way. He saved us in order to work his grace in us. And therefore he saves us with the assurance that he will complete that work which he has begun. And Paul says we are confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Therefore ultimately we will not be broken and we will not be smoking. We will be Strong in the Lord and we will be bright in our testimony. God sent this word to Isaiah to write to the people of his day. And I believe that the Lord has sent us to this passage today. Because just like the people of Isaiah's day we are bruised reeds and smoking flaxes. We know something of what we've been speaking of today, the weakness and the brokenness. My encouragement to you this afternoon is to look to the Lord. Come again to him and know that he will not break the bruised reed nor quench the smoking flax. That he will restore you and reinforce you and strengthen you once again and put you back To a place of service where you can be of use to him. He will trim our wick and put fresh oil into the lamp and rekindle the flame once more. And he'll cause our light to shine more brightly than what it has ever done previously. Therefore I encourage you to come to him. And to find in the Lord Jesus Christ all that we need for our service. And our labour for him. The bruised reed he will not break. And the smoking flax he will not quench. The Lord bless us this afternoon with these dear thoughts. Amen.